The Triathlon Show, episode 10. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. As always, I'm your host, Michael, and in today's episode, I'm flying solo and talking about a subject that a lot of you guys have been writing to me about and asking about, time management and how to fit your triathlon training into busy, busy, busy schedules that include families, friends, jobs, responsibilities, what have you. So I know myself as well, I'm in a day job and this is a big problem basically to make everything fit and that's what, what we're going to talk about today. Just one piece of house cleaning stuff before we jump into the meat and potatoes of today's episode and that is the delay in show notes that a lot of you guys have been asking me about. So you may listen to a podcast episode and I tell you to go to the show notes that you'll find on thattriathlonshow.com and then the show notes from the latest episodes aren't there and that's true and uh, I'm sorry I try to do my best to get them up as quickly as possible but for now there has been a couple of days delay usually between when the actual podcast episodes are out and when I put the show notes up simply because of I'm trying to work out the best processes to make everything work and get it out on time and uh, I also need to get my act together and build up a buffer so that of episodes and show notes that are ready and uh, that's something that I'm working on but for now there may be cases where the show notes aren't up at the same time as the episodes and actually if I'm honest that most likely will be the case for the next month or so until I have everything figured out. I'm sorry again I'm new to this podcasting game so hope you can Forgive me for that and just head over to the show notes page a couple of days after the, the actual episodes are released. And that will also help you refresh your memory about what, was, what we talked about since I take the notes for you. So that's good. All right. Um, sorry, I forgot. I had one more thing that I want to talk about before the main topic, and that is a rant. So I recently wrote, wrote a blog post for scientifictriathlon.com called... 10 Exciting Triathlon Gear and Technology Products in 2017. And I sent a link to that article to the people on my email newsletter, which is about a thousand, thousand people at the moment. So I have quite a bit of data to, to analyze. And of the people who read that email, 36% clicked the link to go to read the blog post. And usually when I send out an email about a new blog post, that number is around 20%, which is still a very high number compared to industry averages, as far as I'm aware. So what's happened there? Almost double the amount of people went and read that article on triathlon gear and technology. And in addition to that, I got a lot of great feedback, much more emails than usual, and uh, it was fantastic. So now, why am I ranting about this? Well, the reason is that I know my readers well enough to know that most of you guys are not pro triathletes. You're not looking for the last 3% of performance or so. 
you are still working on that 97%, which is going to come by training and not by buying new and new expensive gear. So why I know that I know that it's important to, or not important, that it's uh, fun uh, and uh, inspirational, maybe maybe even motivational to read those articles about new new stuff, new products, and new technologies. If you're one of those that read that article, but you aren't reading the articles that I write on training and racing, and now recently mostly the podcasts that are about training i don't write as much blog post anymore because i'm trying to focus on the podcast then um, i think you should just have a think about it are you really putting your attention on the right things could your time have been better spent reading an article about actual training and improving your training or actually doing training rather than reading that article on gear so I don't know why I, I'm ranting about this because I'm kind of shooting my own article down. But uh, yeah, that, that was just the way I initially felt when I saw that. So many people read that and then I compared it to my other articles that I put just as much time and effort into and that are going to be so much more useful for you because you can actually apply that training stuff in your in your day-to-day training and you will, by the compound effect, get better and better if you you do that. So that's just, yeah, sorry for the rant. Uh, I'm getting off my soapbox now and getting into the time management strategies and hacks. So first, let's talk a bit about big picture strategy. One question that you need to ask yourself is, how much training can you realistically do? So the point here is that you shouldn't try to fit your life into a training program, but you should fit your training into your life. So you need to be realistic about what you can do without starting to compromise your family and your work and your friends. And you need to keep the big picture in mind and remember that consistency is much more important than having some huge spikes in training load or training volume certain weeks if you can't keep up with a consistent schedule then you're doing too much because and and then you maybe won't recover or you you're too stressed the next week to to keep it up so so you need to find something that you can consistently do week in and week out and if that's reduced training volume for you then perfect reduce the training volume as long as that means that you can stay consistent and another way to look at this is the maximum amount of training that you should do is the maximum amount of training that you can absorb. And now remember that the amount of training that you can absorb depends on your level of stress. And stress comes from not just training stress, but stress in other areas of your life. So if you are really, really stressed out on work and you have you don't you don't have time to sleep because you're trying to fit in work, family, and training, then that amount of stress is going to catch up with you sooner rather than later. So you're not going to absorb that training even if you do it. So it's better to reduce that training volume to be able to absorb all the training that you do, because otherwise you're just training in vain and nobody wants that. We want to make the most out of our time. It's all about effective triathlon training. So some problems and challenges that that come up is, as I talked about, overscheduling for many people. And that really, really shows in 
pure execution in many case, cases when you re- try to really run from the from the locker room to the swimming pool and then jump into the pool and try to get the warm-up over with as soon as possible to get into the main set and make make it to work in time then you're you're not likely to execute that workout as well as you should you're just getting the hours in or the work the distance in but you're not executing and executing is essential in effective triathlon training remember that practice doesn't make perfect but perfect practice makes perfect so focus more on getting really really high quality executing each training session to the best of your abilities and if that means that you take take out a couple of training sessions from your weekly schedule then that's perfectly fine and as i mentioned increased stress and compromised sleep are often consequences of trying to overschedule and do too much training and also poor nutrition which is partially a consequence of compromised sleep you make poor nutritional choices when you haven't slept well so those are all things to bear in mind and if you can improve the quality of your sleep and the amount of sleep and the quality of your nutrition and reduce your stress even if you're training much less you will get just as much benefit or more out of your training so That is the definition of effective training, getting as much as possible out of it. So now that I have talked a bit about the big picture strategy and what you need to strive for, that is consistency, sorry, and what you need to avoid, overscheduling, stress, and compromising sleep and nutrition due to that overscheduling, also poor execution, I forgot to mention that. I also want to provide you with a few hacks that you can use to get more time to fit in your training and uh, i actually wrote an article about these hacks for tri radar i sometimes contribute to triathlon magazines although i haven't in a while but i'll link to that article in the show notes but i'll just talk you through these hacks here on the podcast as well And the first hack or tip is to schedule your training. You probably heard the saying, what gets scheduled gets done, and it's true. The best way to make sure that you get your training in is to pinpoint the time slots in your calendar when you can do training and actually write down your training sessions in your calendar, just as you would an important appointment. And a good way to do this is to take the Sunday night, for example, take uh, five minutes to sit down with your calendar and with your weekly training program for the week coming up and map out the entire week. What training session are you going to do when? And include that in your calendar for a specific time slot. For example, 6.30 to 7.30 on Monday morning, I'm going to be in the pool and do session XYZ. And uh, on 6.30 on Tuesday morning, I'm going to do run session ABC and so on. Point number two is to periodize effectively. And that's not so much getting more time as it is an extension to what I talked about earlier that you don't need to train insane amounts of hours or even big amounts of hours at all times of the year. With an effective periodization strategy, 
you will have times during the season when you can train at a very low volume and still maintain most of your fitness you'll lose some but that's the nature of periodization and that's okay and you don't need to feel guilty about it so yeah that's the that's the tip just don't be afraid to take some periods when you train at a low low volume and lose some fitness it is going to be of benefit to you in the long run Okay, so next we have embrace indoor training. And I know that a lot of you love triathlon because you get to be outside and you get to feel good because of being outside. But sometimes you, you're just in too much of a hurry to, to be able to wash your bike after a ride or prepare and bring out layers when it's cold outside and get dressed and all those sorts of things. That's when embracing indoor training, especially for the bike, but even sometimes for the run can be a more effective way to to train. That's not just time savings, although on the bike, I believe that it is because there's a rule of thumb saying that an hour of riding outside corresponds to an hour and a half on the indoor trainer because there is no coasting unless you choose to stop pedaling completely. So so that is in itself a big reason to do the indoor trainer. You can do shorter workouts and get just as much of a training effect from that. And that's not even counting not having to get dressed and clean your bike afterwards and so on. And for the run, I guess that the time savings, direct time savings aren't as huge, but it's it's probably also a case of just getting a very effective training session done quickly for example when it's a bit colder outside you might take 25 minutes to warm up before a hard set whereas on the treadmill you can get a good warm-up in in 10 minutes and then get right into the main set of your run so there's 15 minutes saved right away and related to that is to do more effective training workouts just in general. So if you are somebody that likes to do a lot of volume at a low intensity, then, I mean, that's fine. But uh, at some point, it becomes a limiter. You have done enough training, built enough of an aerobic base that you won't get much more benefit from that. And that is when doing more effective trainings, work workouts and at a higher intensity can be beneficial to you. And uh, I put together a sort of a cheat sheet that you can use with a couple of of frameworks for workouts in, uh, and they are running, cycling and swimming and also some alternative workouts when you have just 10 minutes. And all of those workouts you can do in 45 minutes or less and get a huge training benefit. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And as we just talked about, they might not be available immediately, but you can go and check and if they're not available then get back in a couple of days and you can download that cheat sheet all right moving on to the next tip use your commute so when you really don't have a lot of time to train this can be where you can finally fit it in if you can figure out the logistics around biking or running to and from work and ideally getting a workout in and not just biking at a at a steady pace and at a stop start typical ride within uh, urban areas then that's even better but uh, 
even if you do that, it's better than nothing. And what I used to do at some points earlier, at least uh, in the summer, was to take a running backpack. I had a locker room at work and showers, which helps a lot. But if you don't have that, you can maybe get a gym membership at a gym close to your work and change there. So, so yeah, what I would do was I would get dressed for running and bring my essentials like uh, wallet and uh I don't even remember what I had with me because most of my clothes I had in the locker room and stuff for showering and, and so on. So I had some things in my in my backpack, running backpack, and I, I jogged, warmed up to a track, and then I did a hard interval sessions. I think this was on Mondays last summer I used to do these these kinds of workouts. So I left the, the backpack at the side of the track and I could run freely, and uh, then I ran as a cool down back to to work or continued on to work actually the track was in between where i lived and where i work so so that was really good i got a 4k or so warm-up in and then a 2k cool down and then the track session in between so you can do that or you can get creative with whatever you do whether it's on the on the run or on the bike the swim is hard of course but uh, depending on where you live that might be possible so let me know if you figure something out with swimming Next, we have get a coach. So if you're at all unsure of how to get the most out of your training time, getting a coach is definitely one of the best investments that you can do. And I talked about this before. A lot of triathletes spend a lot of money on bikes and stuff, but that's the 1% improvements that uh, you're improving with with that kind of things versus getting the 90, 97% improvement from actually training better. So I'm a big proponent of getting a coach and another thing that that helps with is actually getting more time because if you are like i used to be before i got a coach really spending a lot of time on my planning of training probably at least an hour or two per week actually planning on analyzing and now i don't have to do that even though i love to do that i do it for the athletes that i coach but i don't need to take that responsibility for my own training so i save up to four to eight hours per month definitely now by having a coach so i mean that's a no-brainer for me it's definitely worth the investment and not to mention that the training that i do is uh is um i'm i have somebody who is objective about my training planet and not myself because nobody can be objective about their training that is why no matter how knowledgeable you are you will benefit from having a coach the next point that I have is to start to batch cook. So if you think about what you do in your day-to-day -day life, many of you, I'm sure, spend probably 45 minutes a day uh, in the kitchen cooking. And uh, I'm not saying that that's bad at all. I actually love cooking myself. But if you find it hard to find time to train, then this might be an area where you might want to consider batch cooking instead so that you can just take something out of the of the fridge that you prepared and that is a good and healthy meal still i'm not not advising you to start to buy ready-made food that is highly processed or anything i'm advising you to maybe take sunday evening to do a lot of cooking for the coming week and then you you're good to go every night when you get home you already have have your meal prepared for you so you you have some extra time and if you have a family you can prepare enough food so that you don't need to cook for your for your kids or 
or for your wife or for your husband. So that's that's definitely a a place where you can save a lot of time, I think. And and that's this is actually something, if I'm honest, that I would like to do a lot more than I do. I save a lot of time when I do it, but uh, that's something that I need to improve in my own time management because I'm uh, I'm very busy, of course, as we all are, and uh, I love cooking. But this is just something that is not high enough on my priority list that that I want to spend the time I do every day on cooking. And so I just need to get into more of a batch cooking routine. Uh, so please keep me accountable. Send me an email two weeks from now and and ask me if I have if I have taking up batch cooking yet i i used to do it from time to time but i'm falling out of the routine all the time man it's frustrating so recording this podcast is good because now it gives me a reason to get back into that routine all right sorry for that little side track just one more tip on the list and that is that something is better than nothing if you had a one-hour workout scheduled but you find that you get home and you only have half an hour until you need to pick up your kids from football practice or whatever it is do something do 25 minutes of training whatever it is jump on the trainer do a five minute warm-up and then a few tempo intervals and then no cool down you don't need that actually not always i'm not advising you to always give cool down but but sometimes it's worth skipping it and uh, usually that's the way to do it, skipping the cool down rather than the warm up. The warm up you really need to get in. Uh, yeah, that was a sidetrack, an example of what you can do. But the, the main point here is get in the mindset and get the attitude that something is better than nothing and always try to do something. Start the workout and do half an hour of it and stop it halfway through. Whatever it is do something and don't just see it as a lost cause and skip it altogether. Because remember, big picture, consistency. If you can, every time that you don't have the time to do a complete workout, do as much as you have time for, then this is going to be a massive benefit for your consistency, which is going to help your training, your triathlon performance improvement, and so on. Okay, that's about it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and found that it was useful and that you have some action steps to apply now. If you're new to the show, please hit that subscribe button so you automatically get the show when it's released. If you've been listening for a while, would you consider giving me a rating and review on iTunes? That really helps the show a lot. So I would really, really appreciate you if you did that. Thank you so much in advance. Remember to go to the show notes for this episode to download those time-crunched workouts that I mentioned earlier. One of the workouts is as short as 10 minutes and uh, the longest ones are 45 minutes. So you will basically have a list of things to do when you get tight on time and uh, that can help you out in a pinch when you find that you won't be able to complete your scheduled workouts. So I would highly, highly recommend that you go and get those workouts. Thank you again for listening to the show. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlons.